Hi, welcome to episode 19 of Dream Signs of the Times. My name is Lori Lacey, and we're going to take a look at improvisation today. And some people might be asking, what does improvisation have to do with dreams, signs, or the times? Uh, Obviously, a lot of what I do explores mind states and things of that nature. And a lot of what is out there right now is very prescribed and predictable and we tend to seek out things like that and I grew up as uh, training to be a classical professional classical musician and people think wow that's a hard thing to do and it is a difficult thing and you have to kind of establish a lot of fundamentals like practicing scales and working on tone and just, you know, the nuts and bolts aspect of things. But a lot of classical musicians get really comfortable with the fact that the music is written for you. And there's some improvisation in interpretation of of what's there but it's like kind of like reading a book you're you're going into this already set up structure and there's there's a a a peaceful kind of okayness with that whole thing uh part of me was not quite satisfied with that though and so I jumped into jazz and jazz is one of the most scariest art most scary art forms out there um it you learn you have to use the basics of classical uh music where you you know read music and all that but then you're set off into this uh super freedom of improvising over chord changes and yes you have to learn fundamentals regarding okay what is what notes to to pick from over certain chords but um and then sometimes you go against that just to be rebellious and if you can do that artistically or with from with a sense of a connection to the soul or the heart chakra however we want to look at it um then something really cool emerges from that and it's something that hasn't happened before so the fear of that i it was one of the worst things for me for a long time because i got, had gotten so used to this okay this is predictable you know i can read music well and i like it so um that with the classical thing, it was, it was easy and easy-ish, you know, there's some difficult things that you have to work through, but the idea of composing on the fly, because that's what, in essence, a person is doing with music improvisation, is composing on the spot. You are writing a piece, whether it's just a solo or not. A lot of solos actually became uh, what they call heads or um, the, the main theme of jazz music pieces. So, uh, the songs, you know, somebody was improvising. They're like, Oh, I like that. I want to hang on to that. So they go back through the recording or they remember it. And it, um, it's, it's amazing how stuff comes from that. So if we're looking at improvisation as a thing, for where divine inspiration is allowed to come through so you say you set up fundamentals in a certain area of life you learn how to i'm going to stick with the music theme you learn scales you learned how to do the fingerings on your instrument or you know uh, say it's a voice thing you learn how your voice works and you start to trust those fundamentals 
and then allow for this improvisation to occur and get brave about it because it takes a certain amount of bravery then the theory is and my experience has been that a lot of times if the if the if the setting is right and you have especially with jazz if you have people who are very open who are in your group to the moment then this something comes from the other side through the whole situation and the greatest thing about that is that jazz can turn into a conversation when i hear the bass player and the uh lead instrument i usually play saxophone or flute um in those scenarios um it's you it's like the other people kind of keep keep the time and keep the structure mo- uh, going and then you have a conversation with the bass player for a second and then it then the drummer gets involved and something is begins to occur and then the the key the chordal instrument which is the keyboards or the 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 guitar um starts to participate in the thing and it takes on a life of its own that's one of the most beautiful experiences you can uh, experience in life. And I've had it situations in the reverse where I was up on a stage situation in Los Angeles and I was sitting in with a band and I could feel that they didn't want me to do well. And uh, so I was struggling and you could tell I was like struggling to be heard and things were happening where they were in on the little joke and I wasn't. And I swear it was like being in the lunchroom in as a 10 year old and being the new kid in school and people laughing at you or staring at you and stuff. So, uh, it, it can go a lot of directions. And so the fear of that or the fear of that exposure is what keeps people from improvising in a, a ton of situations. Now, as we're speaking right now, I've, I've been wanting to do this podcast for a while, but just been working on it in my mind and letting it cook. But right now I'm improvising. Most of my podcasts are fairly improvisatory. I, don't, I, I may have some salient points that I want to hit, but I don't uh, pre-write the whole thing. A couple of them have been a little more uh, written than others. But right now, especially, I'm just riffing on what I feel needs to come through. But developing that uh, skill as a speaker is a hard thing. I still trip over the uhs and uh, ums and you know, the, you knows and the, the time marker placeholders. And sometimes in, in improvisation, you're doing that too with jazz or whatever. You're like, okay, I'm going to play this note for a while and wait for something else to come through. Or you go back to that lick or a piece of um, little motif of music that you throw in that spot all the time, you know, so it's maybe a little predictable in that way. Uh, so you can buy yourself some time to get back on that wave. So a lot of times it is a wave. So why would we be talking about this in the context of this particular type of podcast? I believe that a lot of the access to the subconscious mind or the realms beyond the corporeal slash sensory physics world that in which we find ourselves those realms are more accessible or can be accessed. It doesn't have to be more accessible. Uh, can be accessed through what they call aleatoric means, which is um, throwing sticks with the I Ching. I don't, I'm not an expert in that area, but the aleatoric aspect of dropping the I Ching uh, sticks seems to me to be one of those uh, particular mechanisms. And... 
the difficulty with or where I think humans got involved with a lot of that is there's like there are set ways to interpret certain things. I don't believe that interpretation necessarily needs to follow certain guidelines. Um, with classical music, when you're interpreting music, you are definitely following certain methods of phrasing and moving towards certain notes, and you learn that particular thing. But some of the most inspired, beautiful moments in classical music are where a person has even those fundamentals down. That's a second layer of fundamentals. And then something else emerges. It's like we're trying to get out of the way of this light or this uh, energy or this spark or set of sparks or whatever the thing is that starts to set that thing in motion where we become more of an observer. We have, we've unleashed this wave of beauty onto the planet. And yes, we are part of the thing and we, maybe we even initiated the, the, the situation, but something else is happening. And those moments, in those moments, time falls apart. It's the most beautiful thing in the world, watching time. God, I'm tearing up. Why? Um, watching time let go. And we've, oh my gosh, this is really emotional for me. Because um, we're so stuck in this idea of time or these these parameters and it's like we're we're trying to break through them and they're internal um it's not even the external uh being inside the house or being at work or whatever it's these internal uh chains that we're trying to break out of and um i see a lot of people trying to live their life as though they're living up to someone else's expectations and that's all well and good. I'm not anti, you know, convention in certain ways. A lot of that is t tied to survival. Uh, social things are important in certain ways. I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater from any angle. But the idea that that's the only thing or that we're stuck in those parameters makes people feel trapped. And that's what makes us vulnerable to somebody to come along and be like, hey, I got the answer to this. And then they just plug you into their way of doing things. That is my least, uh, my lowest goal with any of this stuff that I'm trying to present with these podcasts, by the way, is, is not to get people on board with my way of thinking is to, oh, um, come up with sparks that allow people to reach their own potential in that regard. So we're born onto this planet with these blueprints, uh, the DNA blueprints, um, with the environment into which we're born and a bunch of other things that are kind of set into motion. But what we do with that or what we allow to come through is where we get to improvise our lives. And even if a person is following, you know, the family business or, the party line or the religion or whatever, uh, there are ways to relate to those things in our own manner. And we, we don't choose them a lot of times thinking that our way is not important in some way. That your way is, is the most important thing. And of course, I'm into this sort of do unto others as they would do unto you golden rule stuff. Because um, if somebody's got that innate sense of, of harming other people, then that's something that needs to be addressed because that's not allowing the light to come through. That's, uh, per, you know, um, not fighting the dark. We do have to fight the darkness on a lot of levels. And 
uh, and I'm not against like light and dark is a little bit extreme and polar for what I'm trying to get across because there's some beautiful darkness out there. But, you know, if you're harming a, a person to to feel that kind of thing, then it's something that needs to be obviously addressed because one, I mean, on a practical level for a person who has, let's say, psychopathic tendencies to hurt other people, it's not practical, you know, let's get down to the nuts and bolts. It's not practical to hurt other people because one, you're going to get caught. I mean, that's the selfish way of looking at it. But sometimes we have to go that route to appeal to that kind of thing. And so finding ways to get connected with the light can and or the um, the beautiful dark uh, can make a situation into that harnessing of something rather than trying to be in control all the time. I believe that, yes, control is an important part of it, but more in the sense that you are taking the reins of this thing and allowing it to do and then guiding it uh, along and allowing to, it to do its thing, so to speak, because it's working through us. Whatever this thing is works through us and we benefit from the feeling of going into that space and having that those uh, perceived shackles of time released from us for a while because that creates a lot of the tension and the anxiety that we're dealing with and the depression. This idea that there is no solution to a problem. That's all illusion, but how is it illusion? It's illusion in the sense that we don't connect to the higher level energy that could be working through us. And I've uh, worked with people who have addiction issues and they get come to that conclusion of uh, giving it over to the higher power or, uh, you know, uh, allowing for the higher power to work through us. That is one way that people opt out of the time loop, which when people are addicted, I've listened to their stories and particularly meth addiction just because it made sense to me. I don't know if it's an ar artist thing, but the way that people on meth were talking about how they perceived the world as like this sparkly thing and they would were never bored and they were able to get on that, um, catch that wave of, of awe and sort of uh, manufactured inspiration, but it never let up while they were on it for a while. But something like that, and I'm not a proponent of using drugs, hallucinogens. I've never done a hallucinogen. I smoked weed one time in my life when I was 39 years old. And I'm neither here nor there about it, but I, I'm a balanced person. You know, it's, it's to me, uh, drugs have an energy signature and it affects the the perception of things. It might allow for some of that improvisation element that we're talking about to come in uh, more easily because it, it lowers the inhib inhibitions. But we can practice lowering the inhibitions without that and not have to pay the price that the drug use exacts. Uh, I've seen that too many times, uh, you know, with the meth situation. People have talked about like how the world looked sparkly and beautiful and all that. And, but they end up paying a price with their health, their teeth, uh, a lot of, uh, their thinking apparatus takes a long time to kind of readjust, uh, to where there's a balance and where a person isn't craving that experience all the time. And, um, 
you know, the all the all the other stuff tends to get thrown by the wayside once uh, a a powerful drug takes hold. So the other aspect of this is balance. I talked about fundamentals. Fundamentals in life can be okay. I've I've got uh you know a certain balance with economics and and keeping um you know my survival going. That is all part of the deal. And but once that becomes kind of a rhythm, like the rhythm section, then the flow can come in if we allow it to. And some exercises to do are literally just taking a bunch of rolled up pieces of paper and just or friggin' pens. I've got a I've got a bunch of pens here. Okay, I just pulled them out of my little pen thing, uh, pen holder, and I'm gonna drop them. There, there's a sharpie. There's some Expo colors, blue, um, a couple of mechanical pencils, and a pen. Okay, so I'm gonna drop one, two, three, four, five. I just dropped them on the ground, and it looks cool to me. I've got three on the bottom that are kind of shaped. They're they're like pointing towards the same point, and then there was one that that went sideways against that, and then two that sparked out the other side. I'll take a picture of it and post it somewhere, probably with the 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 um, when I put it up on Facebook. But it's cool. You know what that says to me today? It says anything is possible, and the three on the bottom could be the foundation, and the blue one in the middle that's horizontal could be um, something that is like helping um, set the stage for something, and then the two are like take take uh, w- one of these and w- work with something new on, and go one direction and then go the other direction. This is such a, a beautiful thing, and it can mean anything. It might mean something different to me later today. But what that's doing is it's opening up those parts of my mind that are, are like, oh, what can I explore today? What, where can this take me today? Uh, I can throw an intention out to the universe and see how the universe responds. Being open to how the universe is going to respond. It takes balls. It takes absolute ovaries and nuts to be able to, to um, let that occur. And, okay, people are like, what about the negative energies? Well, the negative energies have a rougher time getting through this kind of thing. First of all, when the fundamentals are set set down of some sort of, like, balance. And, two, when the time loop is disengaged to some degree, the negative energies do not have anything to stick to. Because fear goes out the window. And fear is the magnet for that shit. It's like, oh, fear, it should be helping us. And it should be, but it isn't a lot of the time. Uh, It's designed to protect us, I get it, but it gets in the way, especially the the fear of improvisation. Say you're, uh, for when I was learning to improvise in public with jazz, one of my buddies in Baltimore, he was like, hey, you're going to go, he's a famous piano player in New York now, and he was just learning piano back then and he was gifted at it immediately. But we used to go to jazz clubs and he was like, here, you're going on stage right now. And I had a massive fear of improvising, but some part of me was like, I got to take the chance. And so there were times I always sounded pretty decent and I, and I took risks when I was up there. I didn't just like play easily, you know, just like, Oh, here's what's easy or rewrite the thing. I would take the chances and they would yield dividends for me because I don't think we take enough risks like that in our lives. And so we get bored. And this idea of protecting ourselves so that we don't look bad in those ways, like 
you got to take the chance and look stupid for a while. And in this day and age, oh my God, with Facebook and everything and people like, oh, I can take a video of it and make you, you know, look terrible. That makes it even scarier to improvise. But there's a point where you have to allow, I think, yourself a certain amount of time to to be a novice and to explore. And if you can keep that exploration idea of things, it's going to open up a lot of areas. And it's one of my major tenets in life is to keep myself open to that kind of stuff and allow for um, development in that area so that I can opt out of the time loop and have this stuff come through that's from the other side. Because you know what? Even though it's scary, it's always exciting on some level. If When you're in that flow and something is coming from either the subconscious mind and you have that thing moving, and it could be as simple as throwing the pens and going, shit, that was a pretty cool looking configuration right there, you know? Um, and then seeing what I do with it throughout the day, uh, you can you can do that uh, aspect of things or you know if if you're a musician you can try just friggin improvising a solo i i make myself do that every once in a while is like just uh record myself playing random stuff that uh, the more random the better sometimes just what is this okay that i played that note okay what's the next note i want to play and it could be as simple as that you could be like, well, here's the weird word I want to write. What's the next word that would sound cool after that? Okay, what would go that way? And I'm as I'm talking about that, I'm seeing fractals form. Because uh, that fractal image where it kind of curls around on itself. If, if you don't know what that is, look up fractals and you'll see that they, they're these curving things. Um, the fiddleback, I think fiddle, fiddle something fern is what um, is a really cool uh, plant uh, you know, uh, representation of that. It's the, the ferns, uh, they curl in on themselves and then, but with fractals, they, you can jump off at any point and have that part curl around that part and then move around that, that building off of things creates, a um, um, an unpredictable structure, but it, it, there's a pattern to it, which is fascinating to watch in, in that regard. So, and if you go back and analyze any of this stuff, you're going to find out a lot about your, your true self because the true self is embedded in all of this. And the patterns that emerge when you look back on some of the improvisations uh, will tell you what you like. Some people don't even know what they really like because we've been programmed from birth to, oh, this is a good thing. Okay, this is a good thing. And some of us may go along with it for a while and then go, wait a second, I don't really feel like that's a good thing. If anybody struggled with aspects of dogmatic religion or whatever, you know, you, you're like, okay, that's told, I'm being told that's a good thing. And if, if I think it's a bad thing, then I'm a bad person. And that's embedded into the subconscious, the part of the subconscious that holds us back sometimes. Um, so, and dreaming is very improvisatory a lot of the time. And that to me tells me we're on the right track when we're using these aleatoric or improvisational elements. So the question today is going to be, what do you want to practice? What do you want to improvise? It could be like if you're really feeling saucy, you can improvise a conversation with somebody that you've never had before. Obviously, uh, we live in a time period where uh, some of that has to be monitored also, unfortunately. But 
I love finding people where you can Im- improv the conversation and you know you feel safe in those uh, scenarios. If you have people like that where you're like, man, I can I can riff and those people are going to go with me or they're going to, you know, not judge me, then that's a cool place to be. And then, you know, it's also if that's too safe an environment, just expanding a little bit, but being mindful of a lot of things, you know, um, but fear, there's practicality in there in that, but there doesn't have to be fear. I don't think we should be scared to be who we are within a certain amount of, uh, you know, obviously, you know, don't harm others kind of thing, but also, um, what is on the other side of all of that? The point of a lot of these podcasts is access. Podcasts is access. How do we access those parts of us or those spiritual aspects of ourselves or the energy aspects of ourselves that are so important and they're obfuscated and just kind of blocked from our conscious awareness. And I was listening to my audiobook. I've read parts of it before, but uh the Carl Jung Man and His Symbols and and uh it really helped me crystallize this inkling that I had that the ego is not a bad thing. Uh I've been, you know, in a lot of this kind of study, spiritual study People talk about the ego and it gets beaten up a lot, you know, the the concept of the ego. And the ego is kind of the thing that's making a lot of the decisions to do one thing or another if you neutralize that concept. So we'll probably do a podcast pretty soon on that very thing. But um, the, the, the ego is also the thing that is allowing for all this stuff to come through the way it does. So I'm a proponent of making friends with it. So have an awesome day and just kick around this idea of of improvisation. What does that mean to you? What's a way to do it? Like the pens that I threw on the ground, like looking down, they're still down there and they're making me so, so happy because they just like came out in a cool thing. And if you don't like the first time that you throw one down, try it again and, and then like maybe go, why did I like that one? Why do I not like that one? It's a way of getting to know ourselves and a way of getting to know our spiritual selves because it knocks some things loose. It allows for the wave to come through in a way that is unique to our experience. Have an amazing day again and don't let anybody talk you out of your power. That shit is yours.